Well, hello. Welcome to this episode of LARPing Live. I'm your host, Risky Krisky, recorded as always from the local Mantres Bar and Grill. I'm in the second stall from the left, as you can smell. Had a big-ass word of carnitas earlier, and if you could bring some matches in here, that'd be excellent. On with the show. Hello, hello. Hey, you there? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? I'm good. Well, it's nice to finally meet you. So, yeah, you too. Man, that's a, that's a cool thing you got going on. I've been enjoying it. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I'm just trying to fill a, a little void there that I haven't seen too many guys in our space looking to uh, provide content for. Absolutely. It's a, uh, it's kind of funny that it's uh it's almost like there's a lot of guys who are afraid to share their story or experience with their involvement in it or their passion for it. Oh yeah. They don't want to get painted in a negative light. And I think, I don't know, but I've reached a point in my life where I really don't care anymore how people paint me, you know? I do know. <laughs> I know it all too well. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, um, if you're okay with it, I don't really see a need for us to really restart this or anything. Um, unless you have any questions up front, uh, that's pretty straightforward. No. I'm pretty much ask you basic stuff I think other people may want to know or kind of find out how you got here. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's have at it. Cool, cool. So I found you probably a few months back um, on Instagram, or excuse me, on YouTube. Okay. And I got the vibe. You, you probably don't have firsthand military experience or anything. I think you were like openly talking about it. Um, just you figuring out different things that are working for you. Um, why don't you explain that? How'd you get into, into YouTubing in general? So I started, it's kind of funny. So it was about uh, maybe six years ago. It was that I just, so I never even like up to that point. So I never really even watched YouTube. Okay. It, it just wasn't, it just wasn't a thing for me. But I happened upon a YouTube um, video by, I'm sure you know his name, Nut and Fancy. Oh, yeah. And and so this was before he got all weird and crazy out there. But he had this YouTube video about the Minuteman philosophy. And there was something about it that just resonated with me where I'm like, I, I'm like, that's it. Like that is 110% how I feel and who I want to be. Now, how do I go about putting the pieces together through my own experiences and do it? So I started, I, I started getting back in shape at the time. And a lot of my really early, early videos was just literally, I would film myself while out on my morning runs and I would just talk, just about whatever, just getting it out there, almost like I needed to hear myself saying it in order to believe that I can do it, if that makes right. any sense. It does. I like that. And it slowly, I had some, you know, it gets funny because I look back on some of those old, old videos and I'm like, holy crap. I'm like, how, I'm like, how freaking gay is that? And then, but then I, but then I think about it and I'm like, no, I'm like, cause that's part of the process. Like when you decide you to go through each little phase, right. Whether it's good, bad, ugly, silly, whatever, you kind of have to go through it. It's kind of like part of the process to get to the end results. You don't just go from walking down the street to being squared away and knowing about everything and all the possible knowledge, right? It's like you naturally say, oh, I want to get a, a, you know, a way to carry mags, or maybe I need to get a regular belt or a real gun belt instead of like just some riggers belt or, or leather belt I see at the store, right? And then, right. And then you go down that road and then the next one and then, oh, well, there's drop leg holsters and then that's too far, <laughs> right? And it's just... <laughs> 
people don't they want to they want to make it out like they're they're this Gucci um, Instagram star out the gate, and it's like it's okay to realize you're in whatever phase of your training or your your experience level. That's cool. Just rock it. Just accept it because everyone's going through it. Right. You got to kind of own it. I mean, it may be weird to begin with or whatever, but if you're really doing it for real and you firmly believe in it, you have to be willing to sacrifice your own ego to be like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to screw this up. I'm going to look like an ass. My buddies who are trying to help me out are going to be like, Jay, what the what the heck's that, dude? And but it's all part of it. Well, it's funny you just said that. I don't even know if I introduced you on here. So oh, let's go. I don't know. Let's do that, right? <laughs> this is real. We're, I'm just a regular guy. I'm not Joe Rogan. Um, we've got Jason here from uh, the. Is it the real? You're the real Minute Man on Instagram, and then the yeah. Modern Minute Man. Right. So it's um, on YouTube. It's 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 the, yeah on YouTube. It's the Modern Minute Man. But when I tried to start when I tried to start going over to Instagram, there was like four other dudes who already had the modern minute man. And I'm like, well, crap. I'm like, I'm like, that sucks. What the hell do I do? And then I'm looking and looking, I'm like, screw it. I'm the real modern minute man, then whatever. And yeah, I just, I mean, you're, then your account's going to get taken down for gun stuff. And you're going to be the real minute man. 69. 69 XX. Right. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, sorry about that. We'll put all the links in the description, right? Go follow him on Instagram. Go check out his YouTube channel. Um, YouTube channel's on point. I really like that. I like that. Um, I really find that you're you're more of a liaison, if you will, to guys who are trying to get into this and don't maybe know where to start, don't have someone to help point them in the right direction. And maybe the one thing holding them back is I don't want to – I don't – I don't see other civilians out there doing this. Right. And that's, you know, and that's a part of me was maybe through all my quirks and weird videos and rambling and whatever else, maybe somebody finds a couple nuggets of info and they get inspired by it to be like, well, and to be like, well, shoot, I can go do that. Well, that's a good way to start. Well, that dude's pretty much a, a regular guy. He's doing it. Why can't I go do it? What's my excuse? If nothing fancy can do it, I can do it. No, and, and that's right? nothing against nothing fancy, but it's like he really makes it approachable from just a regular guy standpoint. Absolutely. And I think that's that's one of the things that I think kind of when I was watching that initial video of his and then I watched him for a couple of years and it was just he was just a normal guy just filming himself talking about guns and gear and whatever was going on in society and it was cool right it was cool it was cool and he was like the dorky dad that was making it cool which meant which meant it was okay for everyone else because he was going to look kind of goofy so no one else had to worry about getting called out right absolutely everyone else yes and people are i mean people are afraid to be like real with themselves i think where they feel like they have to put on this persona, but at the end of the day, I think um, it's just be who you freaking are. Embrace it. People will love you or hate it, love you or hate it, hate you for it. Exactly. And just go ahead and accept if you're looking to do this, people are going to hate on you for it no matter what. So just yeah. don't worry too much about it. You're going to have to get over that. Yo, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, you know, and it's okay. It's, you know, whatever it's, you got, you got to do your thing. That's right. So, um, okay. So you, you found nothing fancy. <clears throat> he gave you a little bit of confidence and you're like, I'm going to throw myself out there. Right. Um, what did you, what were some, maybe some obstacles when you first realized, okay, I'm going to film or I'm going to record myself. Um, I'm going to put this out there. What were some big things up at the beginning, at least, um, that you were having trouble with or, or had to overcome in order to to get where you are now? Um, some of it was talking about various topics that I'm that I was interested in, but wasn't really well versed on. Um, you know, even if it comes to, and you probably notice in my videos, I don't talk about firearms a whole lot. 
I'm not incredibly well versed in firearms, but I'm well practiced in what I own. And that's, but I'm not comfortable talking about all the specifics. So I kind of had, that was one of my big hurdles was kind of get, getting over that lack of education for a proper term on, on things, but just kind of learning on the fly with it and not being, a, not being afraid to make a mistake or say something wrong or, you know, or whatever. So that was definitely, that was a big hurdle for me. That's it's funny you point that out because that's one of the reasons that I liked your channel is because I, you don't have to be a tier one operator for me to sit there and say, Oh, I can take something from this, this content creator or that's good. Or, Hey, that relates to this scenario. I haven't seen it put that way before. The one thing I, I can't stand is when I see somebody who's not staying in their lane or has no idea what they're talking about. And that's when I see somebody who's not, you're not an ABC. I mean, I'm not an ABC, all right, but like <laughs> you're giving, you're making YouTube videos and the stuff's correct that you're saying. And it's per Thanks. pertains accurately to what I would, what I would say other civilians and other guys like us need to know. And you don't have to go overboard. So it's, that's a great point. That's why I like your channel. That's why I like nothing fancy to a certain, you know, for the most part, because he doesn't, he stays within his lane. Right. Um, and he knows enough to know what he doesn't touch that. Right. And if you don't know, just, you know, sometimes it helps just to be for, forthright with it and just be like, I, I, I don't know how this works or I don't know what the purpose of this is. But, you know, maybe this is what I think it, it could be used for um, or this is how I would use it, whether it's right or wrong. I think I said that in one of my recent videos like like i could be right or could i could be wrong i don't know but i'm gonna roll with it and see what happens right and if you don't have that um if you don't have that resource to to tell you hey this is right or wrong the only real thing you can do is kind of test it out anyway so right absolutely and just kind of trial by error and if you if you screw it up you screw it up it's cool because that's how you I, I think you learn so much. You learn a lot more through failing than what you do at always succeeding. Right. Those lessons stick a little bit yeah. more. You don't want to replay that uh, failure more than you have to in your psyche. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Oh, man. So, um, okay. So what got you, what got you into guns in general? Was it, was it nothing fancy was it something before that? Um, did you grow up shooting, hunting, anything like that? So I grew up, um, I, I grew up, my, I, I was an army kid. My dad was an officer in the army. And um, so he and my uncle um, always, they were always going out to one of the local ranges or one of the, they had a cousin um, who had a small farm and we would, um, they'd go out shooting there. So of course, you know. I would tag along with them as a kid and um, my dad, not so much so, but my uncle, my uncle is a disabled Vietnam vet, big collector in military firearms. I mean, I, you know, like he had this uh, hobby room up in a, in an up in the upstairs of his house. That was two of the four walls were nothing but gun racks and they were, and it was loaded. <laughs> awesome. And we're talking I mean, pre-ban AKs, pre-ban SKSs, car 15s, Galils. Um, I mean, just you name it, he, he had it or was buying, selling, trading it. So I got to shoot a bunch of fun stuff as a kid. But then I totally, probably in my, besides shooting 22s at Boy Scout camp, I never even gave shooting sports a second thought until I was about 24, 25 years old. And um, I met a guy who I threw one of the many places I had, I had worked at who was a retired, retired army special forces. And we were chit chatting one day and um, we had kind of a connection, him knowing that my dad was in the army and he had just retired and, 
he invited to take me out shooting and it just like I went with them and I'm like, holy crap, I why have I not focused on this the last several years? You know, almost like it rekindled that that enjoyment of it, I, I guess you can say. Right. So um, so I ended up um, and, and up until that point, I didn't even own a firearm. So I went out and bought a, a Marlin 795 22 rifle. And that was so that was my first actual gun purchase. That's not a bad choice. You know, I think I got it for like $119 at a Dunham Sporting Goods. <laughs> and um, totally like, I was like, crap, this is fun. And then so I'm out on the, at the one farm with my, with my one um, retired army buddy. And he's like, hey, why don't we, why don't we try this? Why don't, why don't you let me show you how to do this? And before you know it, I'm running drills on the, uh, at the farm with this 22 rifle. And I'm just totally like, like grinning ear to ear. And he, I remember him saying to me one time, he goes, you're, you're having fun with this, aren't you? I'm like, oh, heck yeah. So that's a, that's a green beret move, isn't it? Get you out there and start training you. Right. <laughs> a- absolutely. Go. Almost like he was, look, he was looking for a pet project and maybe I was his pet project. I don't know. <laughs> um, and it just went from there. And, it, and, um, so yeah, that was kind of, you know, kind of where it started at, I guess. And it's funny. So now today, um, you know, the story about my uncle and his, everything with his firearms. So recently he's been put in a nursing home and I was helping my aunt out with a lot of stuff. So I ended up being gifted a few things and that was kind of cool. Like literally family heirlooms now. Yeah. That is pretty cool. I'm, a, I'm in a similar boat. Um, and then we had a, a family member downsize. They're getting to the point where they need to be all like, like the one level they're getting older and everything. So yeah. they moved out to like a, an apartment closer into the, the hospital and everything. And they are like, we don't want all these guns at the apartment. I was like, well, you know, right. I guess I could hold on to them if you need. <laughs> so we got the influx of the old wooden style heirlooms. Right. Very cool. Stuff, so, um, so you get into shooting, you got this green beret and th- this was after the nut and fancy. Yeah, this was after that. Yes. Okay, so, so then you get this guy, this guy puts the, uh, the shoot, move, communicate bug in your ear, I'm guessing. Yeah. He kind of lit a little, lit a little bit of a fire. Okay. So how long ago was this? Would you say this was probably, it was probably within a year of watching the nut and fancy thing. So probably five, six years ago. So pr- generally same timeline, but after. Okay. Now, did you, did you find that um, once you got that, that bug, that itch that your, your friend gave you, was it more, I'm, I'm going to do this and learn for myself or is it, Hey, I'm going to start putting out some content and I'm going to learn along the way. Or was it, can you describe kind of how that came to be? I think a little bit of it. I think it was a little bit of both. I think the putting out the content on it was a way for me, was a way for me to kind of document me learning, like documenting yeah. my journey in the process on really embracing this lifestyle, I guess you can say. Which I think is good. And that goes hand in hand with what you were talking about earlier. It's the whole like stages along the way. Like you, you know, obviously you got to learn safety before you can learn tactics. So if you're in that stage your your kit and your mindset is completely different. And then when right. you learn, as opposed to recce or CQB or whatever the, the word of the day is. <laughs> um, right. You can. Yeah. So I think that's great. I love the, the progression. Um, especially to now. So then I see, uh, I think you recently, did you recently get nods? So I had for a while. No, I recently I've played with them on and off over the last couple of years. Um, I think the first time I ever used night vision was as a boy scout. My dad had brought a pair to one of our boys. We were the cool kids, you know, with somebody wearing night vision while playing capture the flag at 11 o'clock at night at the Boy Scout camp. 
Um, so your dad brought night vision. <laughs> that's awesome. Right? I mean, how many kids get to grow up with that? Like, that's kind of cool, I think. Um, Absolutely cool. So I decided, it was a couple years ago, my buddy and I, the um, my buddy who has a farm that we go shooting at and where I have my little bush bush camp at he um we had uh talked about like coyote hunting because he has a little bit of an issue with coyotes and i'm like dude i'm like if we're gonna coyote hunt we're in ohio we can shoot coyotes with night vision like why don't we start playing with it and um so i bought a cheapo you know el cheapo pair of night vision and i'll tell you what People do not give enough credit to the possibilities you have with even cheap night vision. It's people think you have to go Gen 3, super cool dude stuff or nothing. But I tell you, I tell you what, with a hundred or $200 setup, man, it puts you heads and tails above anybody else who is working without them. If anything else, just getting the experience of using them more than anything else. So that was a relatively to kind of dive into it was kind of a recent thing, especially with the whole helmet setup and everything that's probably in the last year or so, I would say. Well, definitely like the, uh, the helmet. And if you don't even have night vision, um, just for what, whatever you're expecting your S you know, for the listeners, whatever your SHTF scenario you like most, right. That you're preparing for, even if you don't have night vision, having that helmet with the night vision mount, like a generic mount, and then having the ability to, to put your ear protection directly on that helmet as somewhat of a newer sort of um, accessory modification, if you will, putting the ear pro on there. It, I, I think it's a really good idea to have that sort of in a kit, in a bag. That way, if you come across night vision, right, or somebody can give you it, you have a whole setup ready to go. But right. also, if you get the cheaper kind, I thought about this a lot, right? And I use this, I have a thermal, like, um, it's a cheaper one. It's like a, like a $500 monocular, like a handheld. Yeah. If you got a bug out or something, um, or like with the little smaller, cheaper night vision, you hit the, uh, the easements, the public easements that are like the power grid is on Yeah. with through the woods and everything. And you hide all day and then you only travel at night and you kind of look, down the easement as long as you can and kind of skirt that you can get out of dodge out of some cities um that way and you can have the cheapest night vision there is absolutely absolutely get you to safety yeah and not to mention the fact that you can use them to see who the hell else is out there either running nods with ir or they're you know they don't have very good light discipline so they're blasting their flashlights and you're seeing them several hundred yards away you know, crashing through the woods and you're just hunkered down watching it. And you, so, you know, Hey, I'm uh, number one, I'm not alone here in, in these woods, but also number two, you, you can kind of start making some uh, threat assessments for planning what your next move is going to be. Yeah. And, and just the whole understanding of, of what it looks like under night vision for people who have never had that military training or never had the opportunity to, uh, I, if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know, I don't need that, but you don't really know what it looks like. I would, I would invest, like you said, the couple hundred bucks in a cheap setup or, or something because understanding what they're seeing. And if we get into a more worst case minute, man, shit hits the fan scenario. You have to expect that somebody's going to have nods coming after you. So even if you have the cheap ones, you can hide yourself better. Right. Knowing what they can see. Uh, Cause it's not, it's not see through everything. Right. I mean, no, maybe no. within a thermal overlay, it's going to be pretty tough to hide, but nonetheless. Right. I can like a, a, a quick example. And this is it's kind of a funny example. But I saw I was on a, a camp out with my daughter's Girl Scout troop and all this all this commotion in the woods and everything. So I happened, uh, you know, because I'm the, I, I try to be the cool, funny dad. So I whip out the night the night vision and. You, you turn them on and you look around you and those freaking raccoon eyes everywhere, <laughs> like just inside the tree lines, you know, but nobody knew what the hell it was until you put them on and you're like, holy crap, there's like 20 raccoons out there <laughs> just waiting for you girls to go to bed. Oh, that's, I bet they didn't like that too much. 
<laughs> a little uneasy at the campsite. Right. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I think that's good though. Like, I, I know we're, we don't really have a, a direction of conversation here, but that uh. <laughs> Hell, I need to get like girls need to go out there and camp too. Like my wife, she's not about that life. I'm trying to expose her. My daughter, she she will be, but yeah, I really wish my wife and some other people I know would be about that life. So we'll I'll I'll tell you what, it. I um, my wife. So my wife and I have been married 20 years now, and um, so being the outdoor oriented guy I am, and and the lifestyle I lived early on, I um she would come on trips with me. Like if I was guiding customers out, you know, in the Rocky mountains or up in New Hampshire or something, she would come with me in the summertime. She's a school teacher. So obviously she has the time in the summertime. So before our kids were born, she would go with me. So we did this one trip out to Colorado. It was about three weeks long. And um, we slept in a tent for like the first, I think 13 nights. Um, sometimes at altitudes of up to 12,000 feet and it just like, it broke her, like it broke her hard. And, um, the last week we were out there, we were gonna, I had uh, reserved a hotel room in Telluride. And so we get to Telluride a day early. Is that and how you I, say that? Telluride? Telluride. Yeah. I don't know how I, I'm not even gonna say how I pronounce that <laughs> in my head when I read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely it's it's pronounced differently than it reads, I think. Yeah. Um so I, I tell her, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm like, no big deal. I'm like, I'm like, we'll just we'll just set up the camp and or set up the tent in the town park campground and well, you know, our hotel reservation is tomorrow. And she looked at me and she goes, Jay, I'm not sleeping in an effing tent another effing night. You go get <laughs> us a hotel room. I don't care what it costs. That was the last time that was the last time she's ever been camping. Well, at least you know she can, though, right? She just uh, not a huge yes. fan, right? Yeah, she's just not not a fan. Not not a fan. My daughter will go camping. My son, I mean, I my son probably spends more nights in the woods than most most other thirteen year old boys. So I, I think I've won that that battle there. That's good though. <laughs> I didn't I didn't think it would be something that I'd be all about, you know, as a younger man. But the thought of my son growing up to just be in the woods all the time. I do like that. It makes me yeah. feel a little warm and fuzzy. You know, it's it's a good thing. I think it, it um it, it teaches a lot of life. There's a lot of cause and effect relationship. You know, similarities with being in the woods and, and the things that you learn. And um, you learn pretty quick. Like if you do something wrong, you you, you kind of feel the effect of it right away if you mess up. Um, yeah. and I think it's a it's a great uh it's a great classroom. I think. Yeah, you learn quick. Learn yeah, quick. for sure. And that's one of the things where I've really taken to, and I think this it, it's a great equalizer, but also it's a camaraderie builder. We, you were talking in one of your podcasts about, you know, building, building your tribe. How do you build your tribe? And um, I think one of the ways that I found successful with it was going camping with, with your buds, but going with a purpose, whether it's to talk things out or to train with something or to try something new, it um, there's kind of like that 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 team building or camaraderie building that leads to tribe building. Yeah, that commonality, right? Like yes. The, like we all we're all out here. We're either you know, for example, husbands or dads or whatever. We can all find common ground that we don't want bad stuff to happen to our family. Exactly. Or we don't want them to suffer. Right. Yeah. No. And um, along with that, with defining your tribe, I think it's critical for, for people to realize if you are still trying to find your tribe or, or that's maybe you, you have a new group, don't be afraid to have a, a non-training hangout. Like, hey, let's just all grab – you know, I'm going to have a cookout at my house or let's go grab beers or let's go camp. And, you know, you don't have to be all tactical out. We're not going to train. We're just going to have a good time and relax and get to know each other. Right. Every once in a while that everyone needs to let loose and uh, probably bond a little bit more than you think. Yeah, I agree with that. Absolutely. People don't do that enough. Just the simplicity of that. Yeah. So <clears throat> going back to just the topic of your YouTube 
channel yeah. and, and everything. What would you say is critical for like the guy on the street who may, you know, Joe Schmo, he doesn't really know what he's doing. He comes across your channel. He's like, okay, you know, I don't have a million dollars in the bank, but I, I do realize I need to start allocating resources here and maybe get some training. What are some basics that, that that individual can do or maybe needs to do in order to set themselves up for success? Oh man. Um, I think number one is setting a number one, you got to set a goal like, okay, what is, what is my goal here for doing this? Is it just to, uh, you know, whatever home defense scenario, is it a, you know, to be able to better protect my family in the middle of the night, if something goes bump and the dog goes off and the door alarm goes off because somebody's in the house, do I want it? Is that, is that my goal to, to train, to handle that situation? Or is it to, you know, uh, you know, in, in, in my case, the end goal is to be able to, you know, when the shit hits the fan and you're at the, you know, at the mutual aid group property and you're trying to figure out where it's a, like a daily weekly thing of training to figure out where, where's the new threat coming from? What's the new, what's the, you know, what's the information for the, for the neighbors down the road, what's happening at the local farms, so on and so forth. It's really, first you got to identify what your goal is and then it's the baby steps towards it. So what do you have? What don't you have? And what's your experience? And then building upon that. So if you come from an outdoorsman background like me, um, I kind of had the outdoor stuff, the outdoor lifestyle stuff kind of covered. Now I'm trying to take some military applications, some especially logist logistics and, um, and tactics. And how do I apply that to my situation now? So really, you know, if you don't own any firearms, you need to go, I'm a firm believer in having one of the, um, uh, you know, uh, an AK or AR variants of common caliber. Same thing with a pistol. I mean, everybody anymore today has a nine millimeter pistol. So go ahead and get yourself set up with both of those and start taking some, if you've never taken a gun class or a shooting class, go take one, go take two, go take three. And, um, start getting comfortable with the handling of that. That's where I would start before even thinking about chess rigs, battle belts, plate carriers, any of that stuff, but just learning, getting the fundamentals down, no matter how long it takes. Um, I, I think that would be my starting point. Yes. I would say as a caveat to that, um, if you're, if you're, listen to this or you're new with this um, and you let's say you don't have a gun yet or you only have a handgun or you only have a rifle you got to go back to that what is your goal if your right. goal is i want to be ready for when the red dawn you know chinese paratroopers hit oh okay well then the snub-nosed revolver that you have is probably not the best tool for that right. however if that's all you got right you should probably be training on how to use it um but and the understanding of pistols are, are like the hardest thing to shoot i, I suggest Absolutely. if you're serious about this maybe maybe start with the pistol um unless you know your your dad you're younger and your dad gave you a gun or something a rifle or he showed you how to shoot growing up start with that pistol um because odds are you're going to need that pistol in a real life scenario more than the rifle. I would agree with that. Absolutely. But with the caveat, it's harder to use. So get, if you can master or begin to increase your skills on the pistol, it's just going to increase tenfold on the rifle. Yeah. Uh, so don't get, don't get too caught up. But like you said, if you were, if you don't own guns or you're still trying to figure out how to, the basics of marksmanship don't get don't get caught up in all the cool guy stuff just become familiar with the firearm to where you're not the guy that's afraid to load one in the chamber when they carry it because they still aren't comfortable enough with it 
Absolutely. Absolutely. That's um, and I think that's a big one where you get a lot of guys who they kind of jump right into it and go and buy the, you know, $1,500 AR and thousand dollar, um, whatever hot pistol there is on the market right now. And, um, and they have no basis to work from. And that's, to me, that's just, that's just crazy. I'd rather see a guy with a cheap, let tell the guy to go buy a Taurus G2C nine millimeter and a Ruger 10 rifle and start working on your basic fundamentals of marksmanship and, and get used to carrying a gun around, go get your concealed carry license. Or if you're in a constitutional carry state, start, go take some, go take some basic pistol classes and start, start walking the walk. Start getting that situational awareness level, that increased, uh, what's the guy, the Detroit <laughs> survive, the Detroit threat management place, uh, He's like the meme dude online, right? The, the black dude who does the disarm techniques. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I know who you're talking about. You're going to increase your survivability here by, by upping your situational awareness. You combine that with a handgun or whatever, especially if you're brand new with a concealed carry. You're, you're going to go through so many phases as a new concealed carry holder. I mean, it's, it's laughable. You'll look at it a couple years after and you'll be like, oh, I can see. I can point these out left and right. You know, you want to draw right. it. You want to show it all the time. Then, you know, you realize you shouldn't. Then you're printing all the time. Then you can't, you're checking it every time you get in and out of the car. Yep. Um, it's just, it becomes obvious. And it's a microcosm of this whole lifestyle of there's so many things to know. It's borderline impossible to know all of them. So understand that you're going to be in different stages in all of the different whether they're, uh, I use this term very loosely, mission sets or right. response um, reflexes. It's, it's, ve- it's not going to be something that uh, you're going to master everything, right? So just no, understand, understand um, you're going to look cringeworthy or you're going to mess up on something. <laughs> and I am too. I pro- and it's okay though. Like just own it. It's not a big deal yeah. when somebody calls you out or, or, or checks you. It's okay. It's okay. They've been checked as well. You know, it's funny you say that. Cause so when I, a couple years ago, I started trying to focus on really trying to conceal carry on a daily basis. And I felt awkward as hell the first couple of months to the point where, you know, I finally had a buddy even say something to me where he's like, dude, he goes, he goes, he goes, you started, he goes, you started carrying every day, haven't you? And I said, yeah. And he goes, you can tell, he goes, he goes, you fidget. He goes, you don't fit. He goes, you fidget abnormally. He goes, you're not, he goes, you're not just your normal self. He goes, just, he goes, just relax. So that, you know, I mean, you're gonna, like you said, you know, if you're new to it, you, you're going to be weird to begin with but it's okay you know and i mean no harm no foul you know and you don't have to get caught up on the cool guy stuff that you see like you don't have to be doing the one r one reloads with a shot timer on the flat range to, to oh, be right. good or to be proficient like no, the guys i mean besides like the immediate self-defense scenario as a guy with a rifle walking around the times you're probably going to have to do something like that are almost incalculably small. Uh, it's going to be behind cover. It's going to be, you know, a, a reload because you just want to top your ammo off. It's not, it's not going to be, hey, I'm firing one empty reload, fire one, and I'm done. It almost accomplishes nothing except for just the base repetition of that movement. But as right. far as the training, the, it, you should still be firing probably so people don't even think about the why they just say oh that looks cool or this is a number i have to attain when in all actuality maybe train to shoot an entire magazine at once and then reload and shoot another one and be accurate with it um 
Yeah, because you know what? I mean, people don't realize the fatigue that's even involved in your body. Like you shoot an entire 30 round magazine quickly at while trying to hit targets. It's it, it's it's actually fatiguing to do so, especially to do it time and time again. I mean, you can tell by the time you get halfway through that second mag, you start missing you start missing shit. Or when you see a guy over overly aggressive with the C clamp and then the foot stance, and he, they're like all about that life, it's like you haven't done this for more than five minutes, have you? Like, right? You should be able to hit your target regardless of your foot stance, regardless of your grip on uh, on the rifle. You should that that base the basics of aiming and pulling the trigger are the same, regardless of where your feet are or where I your say, hands are. Some of the base sort of, um, uh, I don't know how, to, it's not like a, a metric. Maybe it's, it's somewhat of a metric that we use to gauge where guys are at or like, hey, wait until you achieve this to go on to this. Um, and this, as far as the Army is concerned, they have battle drills and they're numbered, right? So like whether it's react to contact, ambush, clearing room, whatever it is. So like clear of room is like number five or six, I think. And we tell people like, until you've, it's five or six for a reason. You can't get to that building or the, <laughs> that structure to clear the inside without going through somewhere else first. So right. don't be worried about having your plate carrier and your battle belt and your helmet and gloves and sidearm and short barrel rifle. If you don't understand like what a lazy W is and how to, shift and lift fire out in the woods right i mean yes it's, you should know it because you probably live in a house or inside of a structure and you more or more likely to encounter somebody trying to rob you or, or hurt your family than you know war however the priorities right you got to balance that yeah that out and that that same thing goes with um oh with the gear too um but so don't like don't go straight to battle drill six if you don't know one through five. You right, don't need exactly. to be going. You don't need to skip all the fundamentals just because you see somebody else do it or it looks cool or it's a trend. The cool thing is to is to know how to drive a stick, right? Get good right. at driving the stick and just when no one else can, you'll still be able to because yep, absolutely. You're not be in CQB, you're going to be fighting in the woods. Right. Or in or in neighborhoods or or wherever it is, it's not going to be. You're not. I, I, I so many guys are saying it right now. Like you're not. You're not kicking indoors, man. You, you, that's just not. That's not. If you're doing it right, that's not what you're going to be doing. You're going to be doing everything you can to not do that, because that's so far. And I think that's that's so many people get caught up in the offensive side of it that they forget about the defensive side of it and truly what we were talking about this on one of the one of the forums where the conversation was talking about like a the thread name was a modern fighting kit and everybody right away who don't who doesn't understand it jumped right into well why are you going to be out in the woods shooting people why are you going looking for trouble they instantly assume that where it's actually the exact opposites, where if you're doing it right, hopefully you never are pulling the trigger, but you're using that skill sets to learn how to um, gather information, how to, uh, how to do risk assessments, how to do area assessments, um, how to not just assess your direct area, but what about the surrounding? What about the area that surrounds that or borders that? You need to know what's going on there too. So there's a whole set of skills that need to be learned before you're, I hate to say, kicking indoors. But you're right. Like it, if you don't have an entrenching tool and a poncho and a rucksack, you don't. You might not need the plate carrier unless it's to get out of the city because you currently live there and that's your plan, right? That makes sense. But right, yeah, I I, I, I buy that absolutely. Yeah. The whole um, the whole notion of guys like us being on the offensive. Well, look, let's take a step back. Like, 
we can't go on the offense because we uh, we don't break the law, right? So we're not right. until there is no law in place to be broken, right? Without rule of law, or until they come here and put the fight on our turf, it's it's always strictly defensive. So in, by very nature, the patrols are a defensive nature patrol to put distance, which is time, which is life, between us and the enemy and our families. And right. it's not to engage them out there. It's to hopefully not be seen or to to delay them while everyone else can, can get to safety. And and let's be real. Well, you're going to be facing an, like some huge enemy. Yeah, you're damn sure we are. So I'm going to make yep. sure I have an entrenching tool so I can dig a fighting position, so I can right. be hidden, so I know – I have the the most maximum defensive capabilities possible because that's the war that's what we're going to be in. If there is a war right. on the home front here, our only hope is to have our defenses shored up and then to hit supply lines, you know, hypothetically if that ever happens. Right. Absolutely. I I agree 110% and I think that's really and I and I hope that more people especially guys either getting into it or maybe that are just starting to get established. And that's like, that's the direction we need to steer the conversation is, is really like steer it towards that. I hate to say hypothetical, but I mean, but it's all hypothetical. I'm saying that strictly for legal purposes. That really is the, I don't think it's hypothetical. I think we will. I mean, that's why I'm training so seriously. I believe it will go down. Yeah. I I totally believe it will. Absolutely. Otherwise I wouldn't be putting the the time, the effort and the resources into it. If I didn't believe it, I'd still be going to baseball and football games. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'd be watching, I'd be watching the TV with my mind somewhere off in the clouds. Um, But yeah, don't also like for a lot of you guys out there listening, which and I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast specifically, probably because of the guests I have here, don't let other like vets, we call them bro vets. They're the ones who they're going to dissuade you. You can't don't put that kid on. What are you trying to impersonate, you know, stolen valor, be a cop? You should have joined the mill. If you hear these people, zone them out. They're irrelevant. They're not paying attention. They're not awake. And they're probably the kind of person that's the same one asking you why you're in the woods and they're trying to do CQB stuff. They're the same person. Yeah, they, they really are. So don't worry about them. Literally, just laugh it off. Yeah, you have, you have to. And that's where you just got to stick to stick to what it is you believe in and what you feel your purpose is and what you feel is on the horizon. And I mean, I, I saw it the other day. It was, um, uh, what was the joke? It was, um, um, there was some about there's a fight coming and you need to fight and you need to fight or, you know, you, yeah, you need to fight and train like you're um, like you're the, um, what is it? you're the third monkey and, um, and there's only two going on the arc. Like yeah. it was something to that aspect. Like that's, that's how much you need to train and fight to be ready is like, you're that guy, you're that guy who I need to make sure I secure my spot for me and my family so that we can, and I've always said this, it's not that you're not, you're, it's not that you're fighting to prevent, let's say what I feel is, is a true pending collapse, but I'm fighting and training for being able to rise out of it because yeah. rising out of it and rebuilding from it are going to be far scarier and more dangerous than the collapse itself. I foresee it very similar, I, I would assume, with a whole lot more violence and technology and weapons used by nation states. But the same general effect of what the United States has been doing in proxy wars for a while now. We yes. Other peacekeepers, with quotes, will probably <laughs> want to come here and, and, and keep our peace for us, right, and help us rebuild uh, with checkpoints and Humvees and helmets that are light shades of blue and things like that. Right. So that's really, if you think about that, that goes down the whole level of, well, people like that typically have night vision devices and belt fed weapons and they do patrols in the woods and yeah, they have numerical superiority or excuse me, they have a uh, technological superiority. Right. So we are quite literally having to prepare for somebody who's going to fight better than Haji out in the desert. Um, yeah. I and that's the other thing, is, just, is, is accepting that, oh, 
I'm sorry. Step on your toes. Well, I, was say, I, I was just going to capitalize on what you just said with, you know, the whole, you know, shades of blue helmet and peacekeeper forces and all that. I've had people say to me, well, you know, that's not going to happen. That can't happen. Why not? It, it's happened in, it's happening as we speak in how many countries? And it's over the last half century, it's happened in 70 different countries. I mean, it's, it, it, it it's happens. the only way it happens. Otherwise, it's it's. Well, I think it fails anyway. I think yeah. if they do that, because long, long there's term. too much land mass, and we can funnel them into too many choke points. But I still think, let's say, China invades the the West Coast, right? Let's say full on craziness. I still don't think they have the ability to. I still think they have to use other nation states or allies to come in yes and, and at some point they're, they're going to need a lot of groups to help if they're going to have any chance of of quailing the the u.s patriot um so yeah it might seem crazy but if we're wargaming this that's about the only way it goes down yeah it really is that's the only thing that possibly makes sense logistically and- at least Yes, and it has there's historical um, uh, precedence for it. Yes, I mean it, it's you just you don't have to look back too far to be like, oh yeah, well that happened there. Well shit, that happened there too. Well crap, that's going on right now there. Duh. I mean, that's... you want me to give you my one my one minute synopsis of what I think is going to go on? Absolutely. I think, I think monkeypox is going to be the new thing and i think there's a chance it's either legit smallpox as bill gates has been pre-programming us for the past year or it's a side effect and it looks it's shingles and it looks like smallpox or uh monkeypox they're going to use that to to probably you know kill a lot of people or let's say they fudge the numbers again either way the next pandemic we sign over our sovereignty to the who and they can advise that we need UN peacekeepers here to enforce lockdowns, force monkeypox, and then when politicians don't do it, they can say, oh, we're bypassing the politicians, and then we can potentially have peacekeepers here enforcing lockdowns uh, because the big election, they're going to have to cheat in it, and if they – we know they do. So the only way you avoid maybe not even having an election is if there's an invasion of the country – or something along those lines. And how could have they? How could they have possibly had the election? It has to be emergency powers, right? Yeah. Other crazy bullshit. And I could be off in one of a few different directions there, but I think that's a general path. Something along those lines. Absolutely. And you know, and if anything has proven itself over the last couple of years, you know, all these supposed crazy conspiracy theory ideas we've had over the last two years, how many of them have actually been true? So if we can dream it up and we can, you know, headshot it, chances are it can, it's probably going to happen. It was not – I didn't wake up fully until I, I accepted the fact that America, like America's military, like occupations, I, I was one of the baddies. I didn't even – I didn't think I was. It's hard to accept, but once you realize America is the baddies, yeah, everything gets a whole lot easier to understand. Right. And it's always it was always done under the guise of democracy and freedom. We have to fight them there so they don't bring it here. Right. Yep. That's that's a hard pill to swallow. It is. It's extremely difficult to deal with. But I mean, if you can get past that, then you realize, well, whoa, whoa, everything's a lie. They're doing a lot here and it looks like they're trying to do it again. Yeah, I agree. And that just makes more than ever. God, more than ever, we need Minutemen in yes. the event that something goes south. That's what I was just going to say. It's in that more than anything else, it's that sense of civilian preparedness that regardless of what extent you want to take it to, but you have to be ready to act at, at the moment when the time, when the time comes and we don't know when it's going to be, but if it happens, you got to be, you got to be ready to go and act and put plans into place, you know, minute one, you can't, you, you can't waste time trying to figure it out after the fact. You, you have to have people, all the people have to be in place. All the, all of your preps have to be in place just so you can basically 
just the rest of your people know. Oh, there, you know, we're well, oh, it's happening. All right, we're gonna have we're gonna have company in the next 72 hours. We gotta make sure, you know, we pull this out and this out because we're gonna be expecting this family of four and this family of five. You gotta you know what you gotta do. I I believe, and tell me what you think about this. I believe a minute man in today's modern society in 2022, at least in the United States, I think you, you're, of course, what everyone, when everyone suggests, oh, militia, that word, right? Right. Yeah, sure. T- pick, your, pick your poison of whatever skills that person needs. Then also have the political, geopolitical wherewithal to know if, if things really are going down or not. But you have to be able to understand being a force multiplier and having your family and your, your spot good to go. Because if that's not, you can't go any, you can't do anything. You have to stay there in one place. So you have to be able to have freedom of movement, which means you have to have a lot of things done and ready to go behind the scenes at that moment's notice. And if it kicks off and you're on the other side of town and you don't have your stuff with you, well, that's not a minute, man. (laughs) That's however long it takes you to get home and get your stuff. Hopefully you still can, make a difference man right <laughs> I, I like the way you put that you, you're 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 right on the money about it and it's and and other things to go into effect with being you know being a minute man is you know it's trying and i i fight this like like anybody uh, like nobody else i should say you know i'm so i'm several years ago i finally decided that god had a place in my life, you know, so I became my wife and kids are Catholic. I finally made it up. I'm like, this is important enough to me now where I kind of had a come, literal come to me Jesus moments. And I'm like, I'm going to become Catholic. I'm a scout leader. I volunteer at my kids school. I, I, I help out in the community. I'm active. I'm on my church parish council now you being a minute man isn't just having the guns and the gear and the training, but it's also living that life of that life of servitude or I'll call it um, uh, servant leadership. And you're showing people, you're almost trying to inspire people by your good actions on how in the way that you hold your morals and you value your traditions and you, your, your um, reverence to God and to your, and to your spouse and to your kids, that it's a, that it's all part of the total package. Yeah. And I don't, and um, I, and I think that is some, especially in today's society, so much of that is looked down upon. Like that's not a good, you know, it's not a good thing to be all this, you know, and I think we owe it, especially, you know, you and I have kids. I think my kids are older than yours. Um, but, you know, I want to set the example for my son of the kind of man he should want to be. I want to set the example for my daughter of the kind of man that she should seek out for a partner. Absolutely. Um, and you want to show by, especially, you know, we were talking earlier about getting together with other guys and you, it, does, it doesn't have to have a, a purpose, but it's just camaraderie building. Involve your kids as well so that they can see how men should act around other men and so that m- they can see how men should act around women as well. Yeah. It's a whole, it, it, it's such a bigger picture than just the one or two things. And, um, I think the whole package is really important with that. And one thing to, to close up on at least the minute man concept here, and I don't hear enough guys talking about this. It is, you know, what is the ultimate goal? Let's say something happens and minute man, minute men of all kinds uh, join forces for good. Right. Uh, right. Well, then what? What are we going to do? Well, right now it makes it very difficult for everyone to organize and do stuff centralized because the glowies want to shut that down. And it can be taken the wrong way, thinking we're going to do something when we're not. So it's very difficult until our buttons are pushed beyond the point of no return um, to really talk about this. But let's keep it super vague. If the, the only reason any of this goes down is because there's an invasion of our country and the government cannot defend itself adequately and needs help, 
or your community needs help, uh, and or the, the Constitution is violated egregiously to the point where people have had enough. I'm not saying me. I'm not saying you for all the glowies listening. I'm saying generally speaking here, when we, the people of America, have had enough and they decide collectively they've had enough, the goal is to not just throw out the Constitution and, and just to have everything Wild West. It's to, if we need to fix the Constitution to make it better than it was, right? You know, it is that we have to keep this in check. Everything doesn't go out the window. It's not, hey, we're electing such and such, and now this has changed. No. no. Now, if we need to make things easier, clear to understand, okay, cool. But it has to be better than it is now, it has to be better than it was. Right. It even says it in in the document. Right. It's all there. I'm not making it up. Y'all go look for yourself. Yep. All the instructions are there. Yeah. So just for everyone, remind yourself and maybe get a written copy of that. Maybe get that uh, little Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, all that stuff in the little mini pocketbook. Um, And and refer back to it because it's there's rule. There's written. It it just tells you you don't have to go think outside the box. Some founding yeah. fathers did it for you already. That's exactly. They they did it and they recorded it on how they did it and why they did it. So it shouldn't be too hard to replicate it and um, re reinstate it. Exactly. With with improvements, like you said, to make it okay. This wasn't so clear. Well, we're gonna we're we're gonna improve upon it so that it's crystal clear now. Yeah, for like a, for example being well-regulated militia like well-regulated meaning they are squared away and they understand they're, they're good to go anytime not regulated as in we regulate the kinds of weapons they have because that doesn't make any sense in the context of the sentence but apparently right. it needs to be dumbed down <laughs> yeah i yeah for better or worse of a term yes yeah, and it needs to be brought to be... down to toddler speak yeah almost like you're trying to explain it to a first grader yes Sometimes I feel like those are the conversations we're having. And it's unfortunate because it's like you just see, I think if people, if you took the TV away from them, if you took the, just the crazy brainwashing out and you just said, Hey, you let's find some things to agree on. Life would not be in the position that all of us are in right now. It's being pushed. The government powers that be the political mainstream you know whatever they are on the tv they are pushing it in every every way so just if you think this is a little outlandish i hope i'm wrong i hope it doesn't happen because i don't want to see that the last thing i want is bodies and a war i don't want my kids to see that no absolutely not and and i think it's going to happen so the fact that that we're kind of at that point maybe Maybe take your things up a notch if you're that guy and maybe you have an AR or you've been thinking about it or you, let's say you have one. You don't really know what to do next. Check out my man's channel here. It, this is we're not making a killing off of this. Right. I make nothing. I don't know if you make anything like it's not there's not a penny. I can honestly say to this uh, up till now, not a single, not a single penny. Yeah. And if anything, it's caused more headaches uh here and there trying to get the time to upload and do everything um so we do it because we care and we can be wrong right we're not perfect that's why i hope you you like these podcasts and you like our content because it's unscripted um i've stuttered a few times said the wrong thing but you can reach out and talk to us we're not some un you know untouchable figure on the internet that may or may not be real Absolutely. It's a, you know, we're, we're normal guys who are trying to raise families and be good to our wives and um, be good to our friends and, you know, trying to hold the fort down at the end of the day. And that that's, uh, that's probably as real as it gets. Absolutely. So I would, I'll throw this out there just in closing. If you're ever down in the North Carolina area, um, I've also I've also been talking to some other YouTubers. I'd like to have some sort of event or like go to a training class with a bunch of guys or something like that. Um, open invitation, man. I, I really appreciate talking to you. 
And, and, if, uh, and if you're ever up uh, up in Ohio, give me a shout because, you know, I um I like people. I like having the guys out to my camp and just doing guy stuff, just building bonds. That's, you know, that's, uh, so if you're ever out my way, same thing. Open invite for you. For sure, man. Well, I appreciate it. Is there anything else you want to touch on while I got you on the line? No, I think that's it. This was a lot of fun. I had, um, I was tickled that you, that you sent me the invite and, um, yeah, we should do it again sometime. It'll be cool. Absolutely. I mean, it just seems only natural. The content um, that I'm trying to provide directly lines up with your channel and, and everything you're doing. So thanks for the motivation, man. You're definitely a reason uh, that I decided to actually get up and get on YouTube and everything. So, Thank you. Appreciate that. You keep doing what you're doing. I, uh, I'm enjoying your stuff. I wish I would have discovered you a little bit earlier, but um, but yeah, I've been enjoying it. It's, um, it keep, helps keep the fire lit. That's for sure. <laughs> Yes, sir. All right. Well, uh, we're closing up now. I'm not even going to trim the beginning or end of this. We're just going to let it rip. And uh, it should be going live tomorrow at 8 a.m., Tuesday at 8 a.m. Right on. All right, brother. You stay safe. God bless. All right. You too. Thanks, buddy.